0: Log Talk <laughs> Radio. Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Monday, November the 20th, and uh, this is a week of a a lot of holidays, a lot of activities uh, in the country, certainly here in the North Texas area. So we're going to be chatting today with our good friend uh, Frank Burke. Frank, of course, an author and a businessman up in Wisconsin, and uh, we're going to remember Gettysburg. Gettysburg is 160 years old, the address, that is, 160 and I remember we spoke with Frank when it was 150, 10 years ago. So uh, I'd like to, to follow up on that conversation that we had. Right here in the Dallas area, there's a lot of interest. There's a new convention in town because of anniversary number 60 of the Kennedy assassination. Lots of different books, lots of different tables around. Uh, there's there's a convention center that they're using to present all of these things, and uh, I've heard some of them on the radio. They're very interesting, very interesting people. And, of course, on a nicer note, uh, Thanksgiving around the corner, one of the, one of the great holidays uh, of the year. So let me say hello to our friend uh, Frank Burke. Frank, how are you?
1: Well, thanks, Silvio. <clears throat> Thank you very much, and uh, happy holidays, I guess I should say, to you yes. and to our audience.
0: That's right. Thank you so much. Happy holidays to you as well. Uh, The question I always ask you, how is the weather in Wisconsin?
1: Well, the weather in Wisconsin has been very nice. Actually, for me, I I rather like the cold weather. It's been in the 40s, but as of last week, it was up to 60. It was uh, quite warm, and the warm weather lasted for like uh, two weeks. We were having October weather in mid-November. But now it's a little cooler, but it's very nice. We haven't had any – we had one storm where the snow lingered, but not on the uh, sidewalks. It's all gone now. So it's it's not like Wisconsin, let's put it that way. Uh, but, you know, the hunters, this is the um, weekend of hunting season. This past weekend started on uh, Saturday morning, and about 600,000 people uh, go hunting in Wisconsin in any given year. So uh, they like to have it cold and they like to have the uh, snow on the ground so they can track the deer. Right. But what part? No, I was going to ask you, Frank, what parts of the
0: state are open for hunting? I would assume for, for safety and to protect uh, the hunters that they must designate areas for that, right?
1: Well, you know, it's pretty much the whole state, but obviously it has to be. Nothing is officially closed off unless it's government property. But on private property, it can be posted, uh, and uh, hunters are not supposed to hunt there. Many do anyway. But um, by and large, it's it's all over. The the heavy action is up north. It's, It's the areas that aren't built up.
0: Right, yeah, more up in the wooded areas up north. Um, I remember when I lived in Wisconsin that there was always, unfortunately, one you know, one accident that you would hear about just about every weekend. Um, yes. And a lot of times it was simply being at the wrong place at the wrong time, as they say. And right. you just had somebody shooting and somebody didn't see him. Next thing you know, we have a wounded or a dead uh, hunter.
1: Yeah. The other thing, too, that is probably more common is heart attacks, where you have somebody right. trying, an older gentleman trying to pull a deer carcass out of a woods and uh, having a heart attack. But um, by and large, it's we've had, a, you know, some reasonably safe hunting seasons. Okay, good.
0: Well, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. I was going to tell yeah. you, how much, i just ask you a quick question. How much, uh, one of those deer was it a thousand pounds?
1: You know, I don't think it's that much. I would say that probably maybe two three hundred pounds for a big one.
0: Okay, all right. Yeah, because that that would be more of the medium. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of the big buck, but that's yeah, that's pretty heavy, but. Uh you i think well, you, what you're talking about is more the, the what what you normally think of as a deer which is a little smaller
1: and even the bucks you you're looking at if you think about the animal they they the legs are long and the body is rather sleek so uh you you're not looking at like uh, an elk or a right. caribou okay. which is right. uh, very very heavily built
0: yeah i remember watching a video recently of it must have been a caribou who went into a shopping center and yeah. <laughs> uh how how that happened i don't know but there was a lot of people running around that shopping center wondering what in the world happened you know usually not something <laughs> you think about when you go to a shopping center having a caribou running through the the middle of the of the store but it's been a it's been such a crazy year frank uh, i mean you just look back at at, uh 2023, and it's almost – it's been like, you know, we mentioned this the other day on the phone. It seems like there's a new uh, – something new every day. I mean, there's something yeah. new every day. There's something going on every day. I mean, it doesn't seem to be, you know, those days when when the news would go away in August because the journalists were out of town or on vacation. Those days are gone. I mean, there's news all the time. I don't know if it's because – Stuff is happening all the time or because maybe there's too much coverage. I don't know. But there seems to be always something going on in the news. Uh, And frankly, I don't remember that growing up. I I don't know if you do.
1: Uh, You know, not not as much. I mean, you always had the evening news on and there was generally something. But it wasn't as dramatic as what you have now. And I I think really that, um, you know, not to get too heavily into politics yet, but the problem is when you have a president as weak and as cognitively impaired, as senile, as Joe Biden, a lot of bad guys are going to take advantage of that. And they've been coming out of the woodwork, the Russians, the Iranians, the um, uh, the Hamas people, uh, not to mention the the crime in the cities that's taking place. And uh, it's ridiculous. You know, it's funny. I just read today about a meeting that took place on the south side of Chicago. Chicago, traditionally, just very strong Democrat, extremely strong. And there were these African-American people who got together. They are fed up with the aldermen. They are fed up with the mayor. And they're talking about the fact that they're spending all this money on illegals while their own people are suffering and nobody's caring. And Joe Biden isn't caring. And their threat is, we've had it with you. We're now going over to the other side. But it was a quail speech and very inspiring. And there was not one element of it that I disagreed with.
0: Right. So Well, I think you're seeing that, um, you know, you're seeing that, Frank, in New York, where the mayor has been forced to cut back budgets. Uh, now, he blames it on the fact that he's had to deal with these migrants. He really didn't have to deal with the migrants. He could have said, we don't want you right now. We cannot take
1: you. Right.
0: But they took it's them. And then they're...
1: Yeah. It's these insane sanctuary city policies.
0: Right. Well, you know, they created sanctuary city policies, but they didn't realize that would mean people were coming, Frank. They just thought right. it was a nice political... Um, you know, just a bit of political demagoguery they could use against the governor of Texas. I mean, that's yes. all that it was, you know, just a, a nice little slogan they could throw at the other side until the buses started coming, and then all of a sudden they understood what sanctuary meant.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, Frank, let me,
0: you know, always enjoy chatting with you this time of the year around holidays and so on, and there's three big ones this week. Uh, obviously, Thanksgiving is the major one, but a couple of right. other anniversaries that I, I wanted to kick around with you a little bit. Um, Gettysburg was 160 years ago uh, this month. It was the November 19th, 1863, and I remember you and I we we did a show one time about the Gettysburg Address and and so on. I, I grew up with a a great uncle who was a huge fan of Abraham mm-hmm. Lincoln. And who would actually deliver the speech in Spanish and English, if you can believe it? And uh, he was uh, he was an amazing, amazing man. But you know, 160 years, uh, are we teaching the Gettysburg Address in schools today, Frank? I, I don't know. My kids have been out of school for a while, but uh, you're closer to schools every day than I am. Are we teaching the Gettysburg Address in school? That uh, you can tell me, Frank.
1: Let me tell you something very sad, Sylvia. I do substitute teaching at the local high school. And uh, one of the courses I was teaching was American literature. And I went in and I asked who could name the three branches of government. Now, these are high school students, sophomores, juniors, and seniors. One person in the class could name the three branches of government. That individual was also the only one who could say what the Bill of Rights is. tell you that that class became immediately devoted to a reading of the Bill of Rights and a Good. lecture on the three branches of government. but if I could but Frank,
0: when you were asking them about the three branches of government, did they give you the name of three different banks?
1: <laughs> I wish it had gone that far. Right. I, 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 <laughs> and that's the fact that if they don't know the three branches of government, how the heck are they going to know the Gettysburg Address?
0: Well, no, that's true. And even the Bill of Rights, I mean, the fact that people don't seem to know that. Now, that's a change, because when I was going to high school, this week in particular, uh, the, the history teacher, we would actually discuss the Gettysburg Address. I'm not saying that everybody would have to get up and read it. But we would talk about it a great deal, and there were usually yep. posters on the wall in the history class, um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, pictures of or posters of of President Lincoln delivering the address. So, I mean, obviously, I grew up hearing about it, and I always thought, you know, that it was a great speech, maybe the greatest American speech, I don't know, but certainly one of them. But it's the whole meaning of that speech that I think is important. And if that isn't being passed around, then that's a problem, Frank, for our
1: society. It's a very, very big problem and a very big problem for our country. Uh, I mean, there's no two ways about it. It's one of the great documents in our history. And unfortunately, when you read what what it says, now engaged in a great civil war, on many levels, it almost looks like we're engaged in a political civil war, and we are.
0: That's right. You know, I, I heard something the other day, Frank, uh, that sort of ties in to this ignorance on the part of so many high school kids uh, regarding history, that is. I mean, they know mm-hmm. they know a lot of things. They know about TikTok, and they know about iPhones, but they don't necessarily Correct. know about the Gettysburg Address. And the other day, Elon Musk, you know, the the entrepreneur, I I guess he he owns uh, what used to be known, it's called X right now, it used to be known as Twitter. And, And he was saying something the other day, you know, we were talking about, or somebody was asking him about all of this stuff, and he said that he was absolutely flabbergasted. He was talking to a bunch of young people, high school kids, and he asked them, well, you know, what do you know about Abraham Lincoln? Frank, the only thing they knew about Abraham Lincoln was that he was a slaveholder. That's it. I mean, not, I'm sorry, not Abraham Lincoln, George Washington. The only thing they yeah. knew, I, I said it wrong. I didn't mean Abraham Lincoln. I meant George Washington. Right. The only thing they knew about George Washington was that he was a slave owner. That's it. They didn't know yeah. anything else. I mean, when I went to school, we were taught that, that he was the father of the country. Yes, he had slaves like a lot of other people did at that time. But there was so much more to the man, but that's not being taught to the kids. They're just being—they're just being told that he was a slave owner in Virginia, and that's all yeah. they're learning from what I can see, Frank.
1: It's—it's it's, it's pitiful, but yes, this is that um, critical race theory stuff, where it's just a, a total uh, victimology type thing.
0: That's and right. It, it's wrong. That's, it is wrong, and its, it's denying. Uh, a part of your history. I mean, it's basically yep. deleting. I mean, you're basically deleting um, a part yep. of your history, and that that will have consequences on people. I mean, eventually, um, I mean, if you don't know anything about your history or your background, uh, you're going to be confused. I think as you're yes. as you're getting older. Now, the other big story of the week—not uh, the big story, but the other memory of the week is 60 years ago, the assassination of President Kennedy. That's going to be on Wednesday of this week. And yeah. uh, here in the Dallas area, once again, we did this. I uh, remember back in the 30th anniversary, there was a big convention. In the 50th anniversary, there was a big parade and celebration, more of a remembering moment. But now in the 60th uh, celebration, uh, there are lots and lots of people in town with books and presentations, sort of, uh, they have a different idea of how President Kennedy uh, was killed. Now, it le- it left me with the impression that President Kennedy's death has been good to the book writers. I, I, I don't know. I mean, there's lots of books. But are you surprised that people are that interested? Because I have to say, Frank, I am surprised because I'm frankly not interested myself. But I guess a lot of people still are, Frank.
1: Well, you know, I, I, I'm not surprised at all, because having lived through it, and you're a bit younger than I am, um, it was such a shock <clears throat> at the time that it happened. And the the fact that so much has come out since then that was not known and that was actually concealed, and uh, <clears throat> there are so many different stories of it, that it's it's one of the things about why is the government treating its citizens this way? Why, why do we have to endure this? Why aren't they honest? Why weren't they honest then? And you know that people were covering up for themselves, for other people. And uh, it's, it's just one of those things where, you know, if they could kill the president of the United States, and if people within the government possibly were involved then this is a third world country
0: well that that's correct that is exactly right now do you remember what you were doing when you heard <laughs> uh, about president kennedy's death
1: i will never forget it i was um i was in i was a senior in high school and i was in the history class And it was at Archbishop Malloy High School, a Catholic high school. And the teacher was um, Brother Edmund Ignatius, who was a very large man. He subsequently left the Marist Brotherhood. But he was a great teacher and a very humorous type guy. As kids in the class, you could could kid with him. You know what I mean? You always respected him. But he he had a good sense of humor. So we're sitting there. And... um, Suddenly, we heard the public address system in the hall, but it didn't come into our classroom for some reason. So Brother Edmund said, wait a minute, let me see what that's about. So he went out in the hall, and he came back in, and he said, President Kennedy has been shot. And the kid in the first seat in my row said, okay, what's the punchline?" Oh my and he god. Said, no, it's for real. And then the PA came into our classroom. But that was the kind of thing where, you know, we thought, Okay, he's joking about it. It's it that's how impossible it was to believe. That's how impossible it was to believe that the kids in the class thought, This has got to be a joke.
0: Right. Um, so then, and, and then the, were you sent home afterwards?
1: Yes. Uh, okay. What happened was there was uh, we waited for a while, everybody in shock, and then the, the confirmation came through. It's been confirmed that President Kennedy has died of his wounds. The first thing was only Kennedy has been shot, so everybody's saying, okay, you know, please God, he, he was shot in the arm, or this is something he can recover from. He's a young man, but then they announced his death and they said. There will be no further school today. But, of course, what happened was we were all running around the school trying to find radios and, you know, getting near the radio to to hear more details on it. But then we were permitted, you know, we just went home. And that began the weekend of um, just an incredible weekend of being glued to the television set. Right. Now, did you take a bus home or did you walk home? I walked home. Normally, I could have taken a subway. I could take a subway and a bus, but on that day, I chose to walk.
0: And how far were you from home?
1: I'm going to say about four miles.
0: Okay. All right. So, I mean, it was a a pretty good walk, Uh, a pretty good walk. But um, did you see a lot of people like with transistors and or maybe – I think of New York and I think of all these shops where people have TVs. Uh, did you see that as you were walking home?
1: Yes. And people were talking to other people and <clears throat> strangers were telling other people if they looked like they hadn't heard, a stranger would go up to them and say, did you hear? Kennedy has been shot. You know, Frank, and, uh, one, of the
0: things, uh, one of the things about the news on a day like that uh, yeah. is that The newspapers would have like different editions that would come out. So you would have a one o'clock newspaper or edition and a three o'clock. So my guess is that the newspapers were being updated literally uh, several times that day uh, as more news. For example, the first the first edition probably said, you know, President Kennedy shot in Dallas. The second edition, an hour later, said he's dead in Dallas. The third edition would be LBJ is president now. That kind of thing that you had all of these last-minute editions, you know, that would come out in newspapers back then, something that people today couldn't relate to. But then again, we have the Internet that basically does the same thing instantly, Frank.
1: I can honestly say I don't recall newspapers doing that. I don't recall the extra editions because in those days, of course, it was all broadcast journalism. In effect, all you had to do was turn on the TV or the radio. And that's how you got the most immediate right. news. And everybody was depending on the AP, the Associated Press. If mm-hmm. you recall the famous scene of Walter Cronkite. Right,
0: right. He,
1: announcing the death. He says, and now we have it from the AP. Something like that, you know. Right, right. Uh, President Kennedy has died. And, um, see, the thing was... Um, If you look at the time, and you have to say, as I always say to my classes, there are two things you must remember. You have to remember the context in which it happened, and you cannot project today's values backwards. You have to think about what it was like at that time. And the Kennedys, the thing about the Kennedys was that they were very much in the cult of celebrity. Uh, these were people who were um, watched like movie stars. They were they were regarded kind of that way. Uh, Jackie and Jack Kennedy were a glamour couple. And uh, let's face it, uh, a lot of the stuff that he was involved with, the philandering, the drug taking, all of that, the media was covering it up at that time, and he was being warned. This, right. we, we cannot keep covering it up in your second term. You're being too careless right? And with all these affairs and, and things like that. But nobody knew that. Nobody right. knew that. And if you're a Catholic, hey, this is the first Catholic president, and I can remember my, my father's cousin, Patty Grant, an old Irishman. Ah, he's sure a wonderful man, loves his right. family, he's a dedicated family man, you know, this kind of stuff. And right. he had an image, and there were there was all kinds of kitsch that came out after uh, his death. One right. of them was a picture of JFK and Pope John the Twenty Third sowing seeds in the clouds, and they oh, were my supposed goodness. to be the seeds yeah. of peace. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah.
0: Right. Amazing. No, that uh, um, no, it, it's just remarkable. I was in Cuba when it happened. And uh, I just remember my brother and I where we had this game and we were in the living room of our house and we were playing this game on on the floor. It was like a I think it was like railroad railroad train or something. We were pushing these trains something like that. I don't remember exactly what we were playing, but we were just sitting there playing. And I guess it was it was around lunchtime in Cuba. And then the phone rang. My mother answered the phone and there was a certain silence, and then she said to us, Kennedy has been killed, and that's, that's how I learned about it. Now, I don't know how, how, at what time that happened, whether it was two hours or an hour later. I don't know, but uh, that, that's how I learned about it. Well, Frank, the other big story of the week or big celebration of the week, this is a happy one, is Thanksgiving. It's always been my favorite American holiday, uh, simply because it's so different than any other holiday that I knew. Coming to when I came to the United States, Thanksgiving was the one holiday I didn't know anything about. So I had to <laughs> learn it. I mean, because I knew about Christmas, I knew about New Year's, uh, I knew about some Independence Day because everybody every country has one, but Thanksgiving was one holiday we didn't know anything about. Nothing, literally nothing about it. So we had to we had to learn it and sort of catch up. And I have to tell you that uh, all these years later, it's still my favorite holiday. It is a little different than what I remember when we first came. There's a lot more football on the television than there was back then. Uh, I don't huh? think there was a football game back then. If there was, I don't remember it. Uh, and uh, it seemed more of a family event. We didn't have Black Friday back then as we do now. Uh, by the way, right. I, I have to tell you this. I think you'll, you'll enjoy the joke. Uh, the Babylon Bee, has, you know who they are, sure. the, the satire. They have a headline uh, this morning saying that there's a store uh, that is completely, I mean, people are lining up for blocks uh, at this store for, book, for Black Friday. And the headline of the store is that they're going to be offering prices from the days Donald Trump was president. And that people are <laughs> like, you are know, lining up for blocks. To get in <laughs> at this particular store, but we, we, but we didn't have black. I don't remember Black Friday. I don't remember all the all the football games on TV. All I remember was the eating, and that the next day my father went to work, and uh, that was it. Frank, I don't remember too much more. How about you?
1: Well, you know, I, I can remember. Let me put it this way: football was nowhere near as popular then as it is now but you did have a lot of college games thanksgiving was one of the big wind-ups there were a lot of important college games that went on i only know that because my father's cousins in uh, boston uh one of them was a referee for boston college and um he was always when we would go up there for dinner thanksgiving dinner Um, eat very late because we had to wait for him to get home. But um, the Black Friday was that happened. Yes. It it was a big bargain day and, um, you know, people would crowd the stores. But I don't think it was as big as it is today. Today you can't get away from it and the sales are starting early. It's just, you know, uh, you start seeing... um, Black Friday sales and before Halloween. And, <laughs> That's uh, they, right.
0: That's right. No, you're right. But, 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 but uh, yeah, well, I, you I, want I, go I, ahead. I go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: About, um, uh, that aware of it, but I have to ask you something. Did you like Turkey? <laughs> Do you, like you know, that now?
0: was, no, I didn't. And and <laughs> that was uh because we didn't eat Turkey. Uh, growing uh, up. Uh, turkey. In fact, uh I don't think Cubans even eat turkey. Uh, I mean, I think the turkey bird is one hanging around the farm that nobody seems to connect with eating, Frank. Uh, uh-huh. And uh, we had chicken, of course. And sure. we had pig. Uh, that was the very favorite one, beef. But eating turkey. Yep. And so it took me a while to get used to the taste of turkey. It seemed very dry uh-huh. to me. And the other thing, too, that was very interesting, Frank, was all these different colors in the meat, white meat, brown meat. Yes. Yeah. And I would always wonder, well, is the brown meat okay? I mean, or is it just the white meat <laughs> that I can eat? So there were all kinds of things like that. That, But one thing I remember, Frank, and, and maybe you, re- you can correct me on this, uh, but I remember... I don't remember people being off on Friday like they are now. It seems like today, if you work in any kind of service, uh, in any kind of an office job, uh, sales, you don't work Friday. I don't know if that was true back then.
1: I don't think it was. I don't think it was as widespread. I know a lot of people took off at that time. And I think you had – Some of it was geographical, and I'll tell you what that means. Like here in Wisconsin, there were any number of businesses that closed the first day of hunting season, or actually, which is a Saturday. It was last Saturday, but they would close the Friday before because they knew nobody was going to be there. They were all traveling up north or wherever they were going to go to go hunting. So likewise on Thanksgiving, they would have thanksgiving dinner at home and then they'd be out hunting on for the rest of the weekend but it was some years later that you began to see and and some that i don't agree with the idea of the extended weekends for instance right. memorial day used to be may 30th and now it's a monday veterans day november 11th and now it's a monday columbus day october 12th and now you know The government tried to make all these long weekends. So I think it became very popular. If I'm not mistaken, I think the unions might have had a lot to do with it. That might have been part of a lot of union contracts. But, uh, you know, it's nice in that people do have the four-day week. I remember when we were in school, it was referred to as Thanksgiving vacation.
0: Right, exactly. No, no, school, you're right. I remember being off on Friday. Uh, and, and, in fact, I think even a couple of times we were off on Wednesday. but mm-hmm. uh, Or even, maybe I'm wrong, but I think maybe even that whole week we were out. But definitely Thursday and, and Friday we were out. But in business, I mean, just my own, my own experiences when I was, you know, working for myself. And generally I've been in, in an office-type environment that I generally, you know, we, you would try to wrap up your weekend or your Thanksgiving week. After Wednesday lunch, you know, you would pretty much start yes. clearing your desk after Wednesday lunch. And uh, every, I mean, the office was pretty much empty by four o'clock. Everybody was yeah. gone. And then on, on Fridays, uh, the general manager of the office would always say, you know, let's give the families a Friday off so they can be with their families if people are traveling. So that's, you know, so we didn't come back till Monday in uh, yeah. most of... In most of those cases. But again, you know, wrapping up on Thanksgiving, it's still my favorite holiday of the American holidays. That is the ones that are specifically American. I forgot to say that Halloween was also new to us, but that's not really a holiday. I mean, that's Uh just an occasion, you know.
1: Well, you know, uh, one, one more thing about Thanksgiving, and that is historically, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving is the heaviest travel day of the year there are more people traveling on that day than any other and you can understand why because they have to get to home by thanksgiving when it comes exactly. to christmas a lot of people travel before then or after then but uh nowhere near as um how can i say uh critically important schedule wise as thanksgiving
0: that's right one place in dallas fort worth that you, you do not want to be nearby, is the airport uh-huh. on Sunday night. Yes. Because the airport well, on Sunday night here, the traffic is unbelievable, the number of flights, people coming back. Uh, so the traffic uh, around our airport of uh, Sunday night is, is just unbelievable, people coming home <laughs> from their Thanksgiving. Well, Frank, I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. I hope you have a wonderful one. And I want to thank well, you I'm, so much for, for joining me today and to talk about these historical moments, Frank.
1: Well, it's, thank you so much, Sylvia. It's I think it's so important that we talk about those things and that our audience hears them and maybe discovers something they didn't know. And I would encourage them, go and learn more about it.
0: It's That's a, right. um,
1: the The history is fascinating. It's still going on. It's still reverberating. Even though many of the characters have now passed from the scene, mm-hmm. uh, it's still a um, uh, both of those events are still incredible moments in American history. And uh,
0: absolutely,
1: they, you know, I would recommend to the audience
0: to to check the story of this lady. Her name was Sarah Joseph Hale, who was a uh, one of the ladies who started the letter writing campaign. Uh, back when Abraham Lincoln was president, to try to persuade the president to have a a day of thanks, what became known as Thanksgiving. Her story is so moving. But lots of people, we have Thanksgiving because lots of people are part of the story. That's what I'm trying to say. And I think the more that you learn about Thanksgiving, the more you realize how many people had to do with why we're here today, Frank.
1: Well, it's true. And let me say that the thing that amuses me most is if you look at all the people today who are um, proclaiming and uh, sponsoring all kinds of atheism and forget about religion and, uh, you know, um, attaching themselves to, to causes that we would say are probably less than moral. Or, or less than righteous. And yet they all celebrate Thanksgiving. And I say to myself, don't you understand who we are thanking?
0: That's right. No, I know. I know. It, they also want Christmas off, even though they're atheists. Right, uh,
1: exactly.
0: I, I always get a kick out of that uh, as well. But I guess we'll forgive them. In the spirit of the season, <laughs> we'll forgive them and, yes. and, and move on. We have better things to do than to hate people as... Someone, someone said, Frank, thank you so much. Have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy the weather up there. And we're going to be talking uh, in the next couple of weeks about what's happening in the universities, because I'm interested in hearing what you have to say about it.
1: Uh, that's great. I look forward to it. And uh, to all our audience and to you and your family, happy Thanksgiving and God bless.
0: Thank you so much. Our good friend, uh, Frank Burke up in Wisconsin, I always like to do this with Frank thanksgiving and uh, christmas time talk a little bit about the season and uh the good feelings and all the history and as i I just said a minute ago thanksgiving is the product of so many people who in so many different ways contributed to us celebrating thanksgiving well happy thanksgiving this is uh, silvio canto in dallas and we'll talk to you later